Oh, we are here. We are ready to go. Thank you for joining me today, Dave Therrien. No Hope Radio, the Hope Club podcast. Also, Therrien on Instagram as well now. And just trying to bring you God's word as many ways and as many times as possible because it is food for the soul. We know that. We want a healthy soul. Here's something else we know. It's a new year. (laughs) Guess what? It's a new year, but the same life. It is. And uh, recently we just spoke on uh, putting on the new man. We talked about getting ready for the new year and put on the new man. Live in the new creation that God has made you to be. And I wonder how many people have thought about that since. How about you? Have you been thinking about putting on the new man? Have you been trying to put on the new man, living in that new creation that God has made you to be? Have you thought about changing one thing about yourself? Just one. Have you thought about it? And then taking that thought and put it into action. Maybe one thing you could do is join me at 6 a.m. Are you a morning person? Join me at 6 a.m. on Instagram. Start off with the Word of God. Dave Therian on Instagram. Therian6034. Have a short devotional just to kind of tune the soul for the day ahead. That could be a good New Year's resolution. Something new that you're adding to your life. Because it is a new year. And not only is it a new year, but you know what else it is? It's a year closer where Jesus is coming for his bride. Think about that. We're closer. We are closer now than we were a year ago, a month ago, a week ago, even a day ago. Every day we get closer and closer to Jesus coming to take us home. So it's also, though, a year. And you've probably noticed this, too. When sin, immorality, corporate greed, governmental overreach, abortion, homosexuality, pedophilia, they're all on the rise. They all are. It seems like the closer we get to the return of Christ, the more sin is on the rise. I heard recently on a news broadcast that over 200 Democrats, think about this now, voted against a bill that provides for life-saving measures for a baby that survived an abortion. What do you think of that? They said, no, if a baby survives an abortion, we don't want you to do anything to save that baby. We want it to die on the table. 200 Democrats voted for that. I'm like, where are we going? What are we as a species? We see today children are being indoctrinated. And I'm going to tell you what's behind all this, because you know. Children are being indoctrinated in public schools instead of being educated. Teacher and school boards causing our children to question their gender. What? promoting gender assignment or reassignment without the parents' knowledge. And you know who's behind it all? Here it comes. Satan himself. Yeah, the devil himself. He is behind all of this 
sinful, crazy, erratic behavior. That's where it comes from. And I'm going to tell you who probably is not as work as hard as the devil. The church. Christians. The body of Christ. Are we really as hard at work? You know, the church is the hope of the world, right? How hard at work are we from avoiding the pitfalls of the world and living for Christ? So this week, we're going to talk about how to be a serious Christ follower. Three messages, three days. What does it look like when I'm a serious Christ follower? And I want it to be helpful. I want it to be uh, uplifting and motivating and inspiring. Because I believe you want to be serious about your faith also. I really do. That's why you make yourself available to God's Word. Okay? So, this leads us to the question then. What should I do with my life? That's a good question. I asked myself that question for like 35 years (laughs) before I got saved. What should I do with my life? I don't know what to do. What if I asked it another way? What is my true identity? Let me challenge you this year to take up the identity of Jesus Christ. Let he, let him be your identity. Isn't that why we go to church? We go to church to learn to be like him. Oh yeah. We want to think like him. We want to speak like him. We want to act like him. So in order for that to happen, the, the word of God has to be strong. It's got to be scriptural. It's got to be challenging. You know why? Christ likeness doesn't come easy. Oh no. It's very difficult. That's why Paul said, be diligent in your faith. You know, diligent requires effort. And we don't just naturally become Christ-like. As a matter of fact, we naturally become unchristlike because we have a sin nature. So we have to put the work in to become like him. Think about it like this. When you want to pull the weeds, you have to get down on your knees, right? You got a garden, get down there, pull weeds, you're kneeling. So maybe becoming like Christ involves us kneeling as well. Maybe we need to kneel a little bit more in a life of prayer, asking God for divine help. Because it's difficult without the power of the Holy Spirit. We often ask people, what do you do for a living? And when we say that, you know what that means? What do you do for yourself? What are you doing for you to give you money, to give you position, to give you things? But maybe the real question should be, what do you do beyond yourself? What do you do for the kingdom of God? Because as Christians, that is our true identity. Christian, what does that mean? Of Christ. I'm of Christ. That's my identity. What we do for a living is never guaranteed. Jobs are here one day, gone the next. One guy, one day a guy uh, told his friend, he said, I lost my job because of illness and fatigue. His friend said, oh, that's too bad. He said, yeah, my boss got sick and tired of me. <laughs> Nothing's guaranteed, right? Nothing. This is why, here it comes, our life beyond our vocation 
is so important. Yes, we need a vocation. We need something to do, but there's something beyond that as well. The life beyond a vocation is a life that has to do with God. It has to do with our journey. Because like we say all the time, life is a journey. Because we are all traveling to somewhere. And that means there is a destination that will be reached. We're all heading toward a particular destination. Now, there are two roads roads to pick from. And Jesus told us that. He said, you know what? You want to go somewhere? There's two roads. That's it. We could call this life at the crossroads. Because isn't life like that? It's like there's always a crossroads. There's always a decision to make. And in Matthew 7.13, here's what Jesus himself said. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And there are many who enter through it. And then he said, for the gate is small, and the way is narrow that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Wow, isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? That the the road that leads to life is found by a few, and the road that leads to destruction is walked by many, by the many? Another man gives this translation. How narrow the gate, and how hard the way which leads to life. It's true. That's because it's a narrow way. It's compressed. It's compressed by pressure. On the other hand, there's a main road. Oh, with buildings and lights and pleasures that many easily take. It's a beautiful way. There's so much activity. There's so much busyness. There's so much glamour along that way. But that's the one that leads to the destruction of themselves and even those they love. Those that choose the wrong way will perish. You think it's a serious thing? I do. I think it's serious, and that's why we're talking about it. So people can think about the choices they make and the way they choose to go. Let's look at life right now. Look at your life as a football field. Okay? And the goal of the game of football is to get the ball from one end of the field to the other. So in the middle of the field is the 50-yard line. And then you work backwards from the 50 to the goal line on one side, from the 50 to the goal line on the other side. So think of it like this. Let's say at the goal line, that's your spiritual birth. So you're born again. You're at the goal line, okay? The one-yard line. Okay, and then you're making progress, and after a while, you join a church. You're at the 25-yard line. Oh, you're making progress. 25-yard line, okay, you joined the church. Then you keep going forward, and you're, you're developing a serious walk with Christ. You're at the 50-yard line. You're with Jesus every day. And then you keep going forward, and you find yourself serving the kingdom of God. Now, you're at the 25-yard line on the other end. 
getting closer. And you keep making progress. And you cross over that last goal line. And you're a kingdom builder. Touchdown. Now, let me ask you. Where do you think are most people? Are they still at the goal line? Or are they at the 25-yard line where they're going to church? Are they at the 50 where they're walking with Christ every day, spending time with Him privately? Are they at the other 25 where they're serving in some capacity? Are they a kingdom builder? How about this question? Ask yourself, where am I? Where am I on that field? I think most people get stuck between the 25 and the 50-yard line. They join a church. They're walking with Christ. And that's where they stay. You never score a point. You never win a game if you don't get beyond the 50-yard line. Beyond the 50-yard line is serving and building the kingdom. That's the goal. We have to get to the other side. So if you had to choose only one thing that your life would revolve around, what would it be? Now we know that people let their lives revolve around their kids, their grandkids, or their job, or their spouse, or their hobby, and some Jesus Christ. But I'll tell you what, if you don't make the choice of what your life will revolve around, somebody else will. Now, there's nothing evil about any of those other choices. Kids, grandkids, job, spouse, hobby, nothing evil about them. But which one do you think is the best choice? Which one will identify me as a Christ follower? Because if you don't choose which road you will follow, someone else will put you on a road. Jesus told a very short story, a parable, regarding what we're speaking about today. He said in Matthew thirteen forty four, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure, hidden in the field, which a man found, oh, and he hid again, and from joy over it, he goes, he sells all that he has. And he buys that field. See, he didn't steal the treasure. He sold everything so he could buy the field. Now, the treasure is something very valuable. Obviously, it was more valuable than everything he sold. He gave up everything he had to get that treasure. Now, let's look at that list again. The things that people let their lives revolve around. Kids, grandkids, job, spouse, hobby, the kingdom of God. Which one affects all the others? Does living for my kids impact the others? No. Does living for my grandkids impact the others? No. How about my vocation? No. How about my spouse or my hobby? Not really. But how about if I live for Christ? Does that impact the other things? Yes. Yes, when I live for Christ, you know what? I'm a better grandparent. I'm a better parent. I work better at my job. I'm a better loving spouse. I can enjoy my hobby. See, that's the one and only one that impacts all the others and for the good. And not only that, it makes a difference in the whole world. So where do you want to be on the football field? 
Unless anyone gets to the goal line, nothing else matters. It doesn't matter. You can get all the way to the one-yard line on the other end, and you can do it all day long. It'll never matter. You have to cross the goal line. You gotta get a touchdown. Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake, but that he will receive a hundred times as much now in the present age, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms along with, uh-oh, persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. In the words of Jesus himself, he said, listen, if you put me first above and beyond everything else in your life, everything else in your life will be better. If you see me as that treasure and you're willing to do everything you can to get me as that treasure, sell all you have and get me, then everything you have, it'll be given back to you many times over. And notice he said, in this life, it's not like, well, you know what? Give it all up and when you go to heaven, you'll be happy. He didn't say that. He said, in this life, you'll receive a hundred times as much. Wow. See, that's a walk of faith. That's a walk. That's what it means to really trust God. You know, we put our money where our mouth is right there. So ask yourself, what are my talents? What are you good at? Everybody's good at something, right? We can either use what we're good at for ourselves, or we can use it for the kingdom of God. No one's left out. We all have a natural talent. Then, what about your spiritual gifts? At the moment of salvation, everybody gets a spiritual gift. For what? Paul said, for the common good, to bless other people. People are blessed, God is glorified, and you get rewards. Not a bad deal, I would say. So you've got to identify your gift, cultivate your gift, and utilize your gift. A spiritual gift is something you didn't have before salvation. It's an ability that you did not have before. But the day you get saved, boom, God gave it to you. And now you're on a journey to discover it. Find out what is it. It might have something to do with a passion that God has given you. Some people are like, I don't know what my gift is. Well, what's your passion? What drives you? It might have something to do with that. Is your passion people? Okay. What kind of people? Young people? Older people? Hurting people? Uh, under-resourced people? Foreign people? Is it, is, is your passion, um, organizing things? Is your passion technology? Is your passion animals? Whatever. Everything's connected. Everything is interconnected for the kingdom of God. So you ask yourself, what drives me? What do I want to see done in my life? These are good questions that need to be answered. Who am I? Where am I going? What drives me? What do I want to, what do I want to see done? Which road am I truly on? Am I on the road that's compacted by pressure? Or am I on the road with all the glitter and the glamour, following the crowd, 
But that's the one that leads to destruction. The one where there's just a few people, that's the one that leads to life. So here we are. I think it's good timing. The beginning of a brand new year. And um, I would love nothing more than for all of us, myself included. Because my my goal this year, I want to build my faith. I want to increase my faith. And you know what? What little weaknesses in my faith I have, or areas of doubt I have, I want to solidify my faith. So I want you to think about getting on board with God in a more serious way than ever before. Discover what God has for you and become a kingdom builder. Let's build the kingdom of God. Because you know what? This world, I, I don't know. This world is corrupted. It is. I don't see it getting any better. I know some people say, oh, revival's coming. I don't think so. I think there's going to be an apostasy of falling away. So this is how important our lives are right now while we're here. As the world deteriorates day by day, governments are deteriorating, educational systems are deteriorating, um, economies are deteriorating, relationships between countries are deteriorating. Oh yeah, it's falling apart. And how important it is that we live our lives in our new identity, our identity in Christ. So I'm going to say it's time to get off the couch, put away the toys, become a serious follower of Jesus Christ. And you know what? You'll be amazed at what God will do with you and through you. It's amazing. Look at the people of the Old Testament, right? You think Moses ever expected to be the great deliverer of Israel? I don't think so. How about Gideon hiding from the Midianites? You think he ever expected to be a, a valiant army commander to free the people from the Midianites? I don't think so. How about Rahab the harlot? Think she ever expected to be used by God and get a name in the Hebrews 11 Hall of Fame and be in the lineage of Jesus? I don't think so. How about those fishermen? You know those fishermen that Jesus called to be his disciples? You think they ever thought they would be used to turn the world around? Bring the good news of the gospel all over the world? You think so? I don't think they did. The Apostle Paul, that religious fanatic, you think he ever thought he'd be used by Christ, the very one he was persecuting? I don't think so. See, you never know how God is going to use you. Did I ever think I'd be in a, in a microphone with a Christian program? Uh-uh. Oh, no. Never thought that. And if I did, God made a mistake. But here it is. Here I am. I don't know what's going on. But here we are. So what's the point? Don't underestimate God. Don't underestimate. He's got his eye on you. You know that song, His Eye is on the Sparrow? He's also got his eye on you. And he knows what he has for you. And he's got some challenges for you. He's got some miracles for you. And I believe God does miracles. The miracles in the sense that he allows us to do things that we could never do on our own. He allows us to live in the divine power of the Holy Spirit. And he allows us to touch the hearts of others and help heal the broken. And God wants to, he wants to ramp you up for his kingdom, fire you up for the things of God. 
And when you do that, when you put him first above everything else, everything else becomes better. It does. Whatever we give to him, he gives it back to us many times over and in better condition. And you know who says that? Faith. That's faith. That's Faith believes that, and faith lives that, because that's what the Word of God says. And if God's Word says it, you know what? I get enough faith to know the Bible is true. Oh, yes, it is. The Bible is true. And you can bet that everything that it says is going to happen is going to happen. Because there are things he said hundreds of years in advance, a thousand years in advance, that were going to happen. And you know what? They did. They did. God sees the whole movie all at once. We see it one frame at a time. God sees the whole thing. That's why he knows everything that's going to happen. And he has preordained many things to happen. And he's preordained you to do something great for the kingdom of God. So let's forget last year. Let's forget what the struggles and the trials and the failures of last year. And let's go forward this year with a new attitude, with a new heart, with a new seriousness in our faith. God's not going to re- condemn us for the failures of last year, but he wants to inspire us for the new things that he has for us this year. He's, he's urging you on to make your life count for his kingdom. I'll tell you what, that's, that's what's good about New Year's. New Year's gives us like a fresh start on the calendar. You know, out with the old, in with the new, put on the new man. Let's ramp it up this year. Ramp it up for the kingdom. Join me on Instagram, 6 a.m., Monday through Friday, David Therrien, 6034. If you don't get up that early, that's okay. Watch it later. The main thing, get the word of God. Get a divorce. Start off the day with God. It'll really make a difference. Okay? And don't forget the whole club podcast. You can get these messages on them on demand anytime. The whole club podcast, anywhere podcasts are found, even on our website, newhopecc.tv. Glad to be there with you. And uh, just sharing the word of God, it does make a difference. Ask anybody. Ask anybody that's serious about God's word the difference that it makes in their life. And it will do that for you too. Okay? All right, I'll see you next time.